Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm really excited about my next guest. This is Jocelyn Kuhn. She's my friend. And it's so fun to have a friend on, especially one that's just such an inspiration and has such a beautiful mindset. One that I've had a chance, obviously, to get to know, but also who's inspiring so many people's lives. And her book that's coming out tomorrow, Thriving Through Transitions, is really powerful. And it really exemplifies the mindset tools and techniques that we love talking about here on this podcast as you're making significant transitions in life. So whether it be death of a loved one, divorce, career change, marriage, blending families, moving across the country or to a different country, there are so many significant life changes that can cause, you know, stress and anxiety or that could, you know, definitely have some adversity there. Just change alone causes a lot of people discomfort because it's unfamiliar, it's unknown. But Jocelyn's mindset has really led her through some of these really tough transitions in her own life that we definitely talk about here through grace and ease. And what I love about what really drives her mindset, and she shares, you know, definitely some rituals and routines about how she optimizes this, but it's her, her insatiable hunger to contribute and to do that by a fundamental question that she asks herself every single day, which is, how can I be truly helpful today? And of course, that is driven by her deep desire to love and to understand people by showing them compassion. She's a beautiful soul. She's also just a rock star manifester and badass. I mean, she just gets after it in life. So I am extremely excited to have her on and very honored that she took the time to be in this call and really grateful that she's my friend. Please meet Jocelyn Kuhn. I am actually so thrilled that we finally get you on here because we've been talking about this for a few months as we gear up for your big book launch. Jocelyn Kuhn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. Well, this is going to be funny for me because... You're one of the, f- the few guests that I've had on recently that you're actually my friend. And, uh, but I still have to read your bio <laughs> because I want everyone to know just how amazing you are. And then we're going to dig into like a real talk around this book and how it's really been the theme of your life and so many of our lives and how we can help them right away just truly begin to thrive in some of life's most significant transitions. All right, so here it goes. Jocelyn Kuhn is a professional coach, speaker, and author with a wealth of experience helping people thrive through life's most challenging moments. Having been through some pretty significant transitions herself, death, divorce, career transitions, blending of family, and more, she feels passionate about helping others through what can be a very scary time. 
As a coach, she helps clients to clearly define new and exciting goals and dreams, reframe their story so that it empowers them, and create actionable steps toward achieving goals and overcoming obstacles. She studied effective transitions at length and is excited to share her five-step process to thrive through any transition a person may be facing. Now, formally, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. So you've got a big book launch. We had the soft launch, what, two months ago? Yeah, about two months ago. For your first book, Thriving Through Transitions, which is available now, by the way, and we'll put up the link um, on the website, but your your official launch is tomorrow, and it's so exciting. What What's going on with you? How do you feel about it? I am so excited. I kind of went through that vulnerable, nervous stage right when it launched, soft launch. But now I just feel so excited because I've been already getting so many positive reviews from people just saying how much it's touched their lives and how excited they are to, to be able to go through the steps themselves. And so it's just felt amazing to get that positive feedback already so soon. Totally. And I know what you're talking about fully about being scared to launch something. So we're going to unpack that in a moment. We're going to get back to that. But first, I want to just get a brief Cliff Notes version of where you started, the transitions that you've had to make to get you now, because there have been some significant leaps that might seem you know, unconnectable, but you were able to seamlessly connect these dots and it's not unlike my life. So I want to just, just start back with, you know, your dad and your childhood and being raised on personal development and the fun of all of those chapters to being a hairstylist and owning your own business, being married twice and where you are now. That's a lot to unpack, but I know we can do it. All right. I'll give you the real short version. So yeah, I had an amazing childhood. I'm the oldest of five kids and my parents uh, were married for 19 years. And on that 19th year, pretty much my whole world imploded. And we found out that my dad, who had been such a significant mentor in my life and somebody that I've really looked up to and admired. He was so into the self-help industry and that was kind of one of the ways that I first got introduced to it. But we found out when I was 19 that he had also been kind of living this double life and he was doing a lot of things that he was involved with some drug dealing stuff. He was involved with some illegal financial stuff and he had a girlfriend and, and he just had this whole other life and it was such a huge shock to our family and to the community and really threw my life for a major, major, um, transition, I guess. And as a result of that, it took about two years to get to his sentencing and, and then he got sentenced to five years in federal prison. And in the meantime, I married somebody that was twice my age and had two kids and basically kind of went down a path that was not the path that I had seen or set out for my life at all. And my dad came to live with me after he got sentenced because he had two months to turn himself in. And on the weekend before he was going to turn himself in, I found him. He was lying on my couch and he had an aortic aneurysm in the middle of the night and, and passed away. And it was such a big jolt. And I mean, to go through the last two and a half years that we had just gone through and for all of it to end with this tragic news was almost more than I could bear at the time. So that was a big, 
significant life transition for me. And then about two years later, I ended up getting divorced from my kids' father, which threw me into a whole different type of transition. I think that, you know, loss and divorce, while they're both transitions, are so they can be so different. They can feel so different in terms of grief and in terms of fear and all of that. So went through that big transition and then finally met the love of my life and the person who I'm with now. And then we went through the whole transition of blending our kids and kind of, you know, creating a happy home and figuring out how we all can work together and do that. And that can be such, it's a fun transition, but it's also one that can be very difficult and it requires a lot of work and patience and all of that. And to where I am now, where I shifted careers after 13 years of doing hair, but really it's all been about my self-growth journey along the way. So it's been 10 years since my dad passed. And this book was my way to kind of deconstruct what I had gone through the last 10 years and, and kind of pull the things that I knew would help other people and really start helping coach people through that same, through those same kinds of big, significant life transitions. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. And so I want to, I want to go back to, gosh, you were so young, Jocelyn, 20, what, 21 years old, married, your dad's just passed and you have two young kids. Yeah. I had just turned 22. So, Mm, oh my goodness. So how do you transition in that time and handle all that as a 22 year old? Well, I don't think I did it perfectly, but I think one of the things that really helped me was finding, because my dad had come to live with me, I I actually stumbled upon his Tony Robbins CDs. And that was kind of the beginning of my self-growth journey as an adult. I I had kind of shied away from all of that for a while because of some of the things that my dad was doing and just what I thought of his life and how he was living out the so-called principles that he was, you know, teaching and and wanting us to live. So I really, it was the first time that I chose to kind of do it for myself. And I really started listening to those. And then, you know, I've always been an avid reader. So I think good books really helped through that time. Although I didn't find a lot about the grieving process that really made me feel excited to move forward. So that was one of the big reasons that I wanted to write this book is because I think the grieving process is great, but I also think that there's a next step for people. And so, you know, I think really good mentors along the way that came into my life at different times and just having to go through it. I think that we think sometimes, oh, I could never get through that or, you know, if this happened, I'd be crushed. And it's amazing how people can rise to the occasion. You know, you hear about, I mean, as as hard as my story has been at certain points along the way, I've heard of stories of moms who've lost, you know, all of their children in a car accident or something. And, and I couldn't even imagine going through something like that. So it's all very relative, But but you hear of these stories where people overcome just things that seem insurmountable. And so I think that part of it is you just do. But I also think that there are things that you can do along the way to really help yourself and not just survive those events in your life, but really choose to thrive in the midst of it in real time. Yes, that's what I love. And I love to just knowing this about you. And of course, it's also on your site. And we'll we'll direct everyone to your website and all of the other resources. Because um, there's it's just so fun to get to know you and follow your super dynamic 
living out loud life, living your best life, daily life. But I love knowing that when you're in third grade, you had heard about Mother Teresa. And that was when you knew that you were going to be a difference maker. You knew you wanted to be a difference maker in life and, and to be a true source of love and compassion in the world. And I just love that your heart and your mind knew that so young. Where did you get that? I don't know. I think, you know, probably my mom would say it was innately born into me. I think that there's a piece of it that's definitely true, that we all have different gifts and strengths and talents that we bring into this world. And I really, truly believe that my X factor is my compassion and my love and just always seeing the best in people, always seeing the best in circumstances. And and I, I think that that's just one of my God-given um, blessings that I really, really resonated with the story of Mother Teresa because I just thought, here's a woman who has given so selflessly of her life and and wants to make such a huge difference, not just for, and, and it wasn't for praise, it wasn't for accolade, it was just to be the person who who was there for the lonely and the forgotten. And I love that. And it's such a huge aspiration. And of course, she's she did it at a level that, you know, most of us will never do it at, but but her principles were so simple. Just impact one life and then just impact another life and then the next one and the next one. And so I just love it. It doesn't have to be so complicated. And I love her as an example of that. I think it's a beautiful thing to just not overcomplicate something like that and just go give out of your heart. And, you know, I love some of our friends who are going and serving the homeless in San Francisco and just how, you know, they don't need a nonprofit organization to start. They don't need any of that. They just have a heart and they want to do it because it's the right thing to do because they care about that one person that they're helping and then the next person that they're helping. And so I just think that's beautiful and it's a beautiful example for all of us. Yes. Oh yes. Big inspiration. And I love that it was such a, she was such a mentor and model for you so young. It's just, it's really sweet. And you don't hear that every single day because you know, you were a little girl when Oprah was like the heyday of, of, of every person on TV or a big influence in the world. And, and um, I just love that you were able to pick someone that's so timeless and Oh, it's really sweet and speaks volumes of your character. So here you are now, a thriving success coach and author and married, and you've got a you know blended family, but you just made a significant transition. Number one, you launched the book. So we're going to talk about that and how that happened in a moment. But how do you go from being a very successful hairdresser, hairstylist to transitional coach? I always felt really led and called to move in the direction of coaching. I've, I was a volleyball coach also during that whole time that I was a hairstylist. I coached volleyball for 13 years and I loved the mental aspect of coaching and I loved being able to really impact the lives of the girls that I was blessed to coach. And as I got into doing hair more, for one thing, for me personally, the chemicals really started affecting me and... I knew that I needed to start moving in the direction of looking at a career change just because, you know, as a hairstylist, you're putting yourself around a lot of toxic chemicals and you're on your feet and you're, you got a, a lot of hairstylists end up having shoulder and neck and back pain issues. So I always knew that there was going to be a next step. And 
I think sometimes we want that next step so fast and we, we don't want to be patient and kind of wait until we're able to do it without a lot of the stress. And so I did both for about a year where I was working during the day and doing hair a lot. And then I would, and I also have my three kids, so I'd, you know, run them all over town and then I'd come home and I'd just write for a little bit late at night when everyone went to bed or early in the morning before everyone woke up. And, and that was how I kind of had to use my time at the time. And I think, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, we don't have the time to, to put toward our dreams. Most of us don't have the opportunity to just quit whatever we're doing right away and just solely focus on what our passion is. So I started taking classes for to get my certification for coaching and I started writing, but I was still doing hair very full time. And I think that that's, you know, really important in a transition is that you give yourself that ability and that time and space to gradually move out of one thing and into another. Unless, of course, life maybe throws you a curveball and you're fired from your job and you need to come up with something new. But, you know, if you can give yourself the gift of peace of mind and knowing that my bills are still getting paid and the kind of day-to-day stuff is all handled, it's a really big blessing. Mm, Totally. You know, and so how long were you writing the book in all of your extra, very little spare time? I would say off and on for about six or seven months. So I was really working hard on it and everything was kind of going gangbusters and I was still doing hair, but I was really, really focused on the book. And then actually last year, my mom had a really horrific car accident and she was the only person that survived and was in the hospital for a long time. And so during that time, I I ended up kind of losing my motivation, I guess. And I ended up putting the book down and then I was, I would say I was about 60% done then, but I ended up not picking it up again until, as you know, right after Unleash the Power Within in March in San Jose, I came back and I made a commitment in the context of your mastermind group that, that I would get this book finished and done. And it was a very important message to get out to the world. And, you know, the longer that I saw myself waiting, the more I knew that I was losing out on the ability to impact as many lives as I possibly could, which is really my goal and aim. And that's where you ended up being pulled into um, completion, right? And then really truly launching for real, which I love. So for those who are not familiar, Unleash the Power Within is a big marquee event for Tony Robbins. And I think I talk about him almost every single episode. (laughs) I just love his work. And so do you. You were raised on him. I was raised on him. Yes. Yeah. You were raised on him begrudgingly. Yes. I hated him at first. (laughs) Where did you rediscover your appreciation for his work? Right after my dad died, when I when I found those audio CDs, I started listening to them and I was obsessed, like to the point where everyone in my family's like, did Tony say that you could do this? You know? <laughs> but it was such sound advice and, and so much what I needed at the time because it was just very matter of fact, take 100% responsibility for your life and life is happening for you. And even though you might not see it, it truly is. I mean, I think back now it's been 10 years and my dad's death, as much as it has been hard, has been the best thing that could have ever happened in my life because it led me to where I am now. Yes. Now it seems like Tony's work may have influenced also how you wrote the book. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Any other masters or influencers, a part of this, of your mindset around writing the book and helping us understand how to thrive? I've always been an avid reader. And I mean, I've followed so many people in the self-help industry. I love Jack Canfield also. I think he has a most beautiful heart. I love Gabby Bernstein and Danielle Laporte and how soulful they are. Lewis Howes has great interviews. And I love listening to some of the people that are on his show, Dan Millman and The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I just watched that movie. I read the book several times, but I just watched the movie last night. Oh my gosh. I just, I love that whole, I mean, I love The Hidden School and all of his books, but I think that there's been so many profound influences on my life. And, but Tony definitely, I would say would be at the top of that list just because it came at a time when I needed it so badly. No, I totally get it. So you go to the Unleash the Power Within event. Was that your first live event with Tony? It was, yeah. 10 years. Oh my goodness. And that was just in March of 2018, correct? Yes. Okay. So that was the same Unleash the Power Within that I was at as well. And then I started a mastermind. I just, there was, it was just missing. There was no group, community, tribe that I could go to with all these people that were just, you know, lit up, broken open, unpacked all their bullshit and ready to truly get after life on such a, you know, an actionable, measurable level, but in a group, you know, um, format. And since it didn't really exist in the way that I wanted to have some skin in the game, I was like, okay, I've just got to create this. So that's where my whole other business launched. And I'm so grateful that, that you saw my posts and, and that you joined because as a result of that, we were able to get you focused on, okay, let's not just have the book completed, but let's take it up a whole nother level. And I challenged you to have it published by the end of 90 days. And you said, yes. Yeah. And I think it was on Amazon, like on 93. Yeah, it was. It's actually really remarkable. And I just love that testimony, but it is, it's so true that when you just decide and you resolve what's possible and how the universe will conspire to make it happen. And so what seemed impossible and, you know, six, seven, eight months in the making and no time, you know, you're busy and your mom and your wife and carpooling every day, probably six times a day. And yet you made it happen because you were so committed. That's what I love. And that's a transition. So how do you thrive in that time frame? So I think that the biggest thing is, you know, the thing that I talk about in my book is there's always a loss that you're going to experience. You need to grieve that loss. I mean, I gave up a lot of free time. I gave up drinking. I gave up going to out and partying with friends, which had been something that I had done a lot before joining the mastermind group. And and then you need to also replace it with some other healthier habits or or using your time somewhere that really makes you feel alive and and excited. So that's such a huge part of any transition is you need a bigger yes. You need that thing that you're going to say, yeah, I'm so excited about this that I don't care that I'm losing sleep. I don't care that I didn't eat. I don't care that I don't get to go out with my friends. I want to do this. And until you find that, I think it can be really hard to make that transition. I think that so many people also don't define what that looks like for them. And, and it's easy to then not feel that motivation, not feel pulled toward anything because, you know, you don't know, you're just existing. And so I think that one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves is to really clearly define what we want out of life. And, and that's one of the chapters of the book that I talk about in depth. And I actually am 
doing webinars on now and teaching people is how do we how do we create a new and exciting version of our life, especially when we're going through transitions that we don't want. You know, no one wants their parent to die. No one wants their child to die. No one wants to have to go through a messy divorce. But those things happen. So how do we move on and move past that in a way that's exciting and in a way that that gets us going and, and motivated again? So you're clearly in a big transition yourself. I mean, you're, you're exiting one career of, of over a decade and you're moving fully into speaking, coaching. Um, I'm sure there's more books in you. And so as, as you're in this transition and thriving, how have you been able to crystallize what you want and what is it? For me, my biggest passion and goal is to help people. I One of the things that I love from um, actually Gabby Bernstein's program, her Spirit Junkies program, was this question that was asked early on, how can I be truly helpful? And I believe that if I show up every single day and I ask that question, I will keep being pulled toward the right people, the right situations, the right causes that I need to be pulled toward. And I, I mean, I'm such a visioner. So I, I have a vision board and I regularly set goals. I regularly look at where I want to be when I'm 80 years old and, and keep redefining that because as life happens, sometimes, you know, I mean, my original life goal was I want to be married for 55 years and divorce was not part of that equation. So sometimes we have to adjust our game plan. And I think some so many times people get stuck on this idea that, well, that didn't work out. So now, you know, I'm not going to try anymore. And life is going to be messy. Life is going to be hard and complicated. And things are not always going to going to go to the way that we plan them. But that's okay. We can still keep redefining what that best life that we can live from this day forward looks like. You know, I love when I see that somebody that's like 65 years old, and they're starting over and they're still passionate and excited and, and ready to take on the world. I love Diana Nyad's story, somebody that tried to swim across the Atlantic ocean several times in her twenties and thirties and didn't achieve it until she was like 63 years old. It's incredible. I know I still get the chills even thinking about it. It's amazing. Yes. Well, my mother found true love, um, her soulmate at 60 years old. And I got to witness this version of my mother that I never saw growing up. I mean, she's just this passionate, dynamic, happy, fulfilled, super affectionate, sexy wife. Oh, I love it. Man known as my stepfather. And, you know, 10, uh, 11 years later, they're still just as strong as ever, if not stronger. And so, yes, I'm with you. And, and it really goes to show that it comes down to mindset and an understanding that each chapter, there's going to be a transition. And the more that we embrace that and be super clear about what we want next and keep getting after it. And there's so much a part of this, right? Like it's who we're surrounding ourselves by. Like you said earlier, if, if you're taking out things like partying, drinking, hanging around people where it's negative, bad food choices, you know, poor physiology, all the things that would just keep us held back. It's more difficult, but then filling those spots, if you did make those changes for what is feeding your soul, your body, your mind, um, which is you're, you're the proof in the pudding in this, which is so amazing. That's what I love about it. Thank you. Yeah, I love I mean, this year, I've really committed a lot to self development and going to some seminars and just 
I mean, I've invested a lot into this journey and I really think it has paid off. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable how it's paying off. But I, I think that we have to do that sometimes and, and realize, you know, we're not going to get these deep conversations all the time with the people that we see on a day day-to-day basis in our social circle, unless we create it, unless we craft that or look for it, it's not easy sometimes filling your time with positive things in our society. I mean, I look at my, just what my husband and I would do for fun. It's always been circled around eating and drinking. And if you're trying to be fit and you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to not drink, it can feel very lonely and isolating. So it's definitely important to start really looking at like, who do I want in my tribe and, and what kind of relationships do I want to have? And how will these relationships feed my soul? And how can I give to these relationships as well? How can I bring myself in the best version of me to the party? And it's just pretty incredible when you start getting in that space, how, how all of these blessings just open up. And I mean, doors just open and you know, I mean, just with this podcast launch, it's just been so incredible to watch you get these people on who are rock stars and what they're doing. And, and, but it's no surprise at all. It's, I mean, you're, you are living and putting out what you want to receive. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I am enjoying the little rocket ship that this podcast is on, but you know, back to your point, it it was a deliberate choice that I had so much fear around and a lot of thoughts of what would people think and who am I to do that? And, but I had to bust through it and that was a massive transition day. And I have a feeling that is not unlike your soft launch book release day. But I want to go back to something that you just said, because I know it's going to apply to so many people listening. You mentioned that in the past, you noticed that, you know, this, this marriage that you've, you've had with your husband, you guys have been married for about a decade now. Yeah. Uh, eight years. Okay. I should know that. And, uh, and you mentioned that, you know, uh, our past fun or good times was usually around alcohol and food. So how has your resolve to be healthier and to truly get after your life in the way that you see in your dreams impacted your relationship with him? I think it's just, it's getting more and more amazing. I mean, we, this summer we've biked to the farmer's market more. We've gone golfing. We've done a lot more active together than we've ever done as a couple. And I still go out, um, you know, I'll still go out and be social with people, but I don't feel that pressure anymore that I need to drink or that if I don't drink, it's going to make other people uncomfortable. I think that part of it is just becoming more and more comfortable with the skin that I'm living in and with my own true self and realizing it's okay to be different. It's okay to, you know, live with my own set of values and beliefs and still be in partnership with somebody who maybe like we aren't lined up on every single value or every single belief that we have, but we have a beautiful relationship. And I love how Tony talks about, you know, kind of the, the way people come together and how opposites can really bring a lot of passion into relationships. And, and we definitely have different attitudes on different things and different values in a lot of different ways, but it works. And I think the more that we allow each other to be ourselves, the more beautiful our relationship becomes. Beautiful. I love that. And I know that there have been some significant shifts that he's made as you have transitioned more into this healthier lifestyle. But why did you decide to quit drinking? We 
talked about it, you know, when I joined the mastermind group and, and you challenged me to, uh, 90 days, I believe of no alcohol. And, and so it was easy for me to commit to that. And it, and I started realizing how much more in alignment I felt with myself when I wasn't drinking. For me, it affected me at a very spiritual level. Every time that I would drink, and I see that now that I've gone so long without it. And it just, I I was just like, you know, life is going so well. Why would I introduce something that I know is a depressant? I know is going to make me feel crappy. I know it might be fun for a night, but the next day I'm going to wake up and not get anything done that I wanted to get done. And so I just really feel resolved that it's probably never going to be for me again. I, I, wow. I really do. I mean, I, I don't know. It hasn't felt difficult anymore. It, it's something, you know, Tony talks about that when you cut off that, that option and you tell yourself no longer, am I ever going to do this again? I, I just think that there's something pretty powerful that happens because it hasn't felt difficult. It's so true. You didn't negotiate with your mind. No. People listening like, why is Michelle challenging everyone to say no alcohol for 90 days? What's up with that? The reason why I do that is because there's typically a, a one-on-one, at least in, in that mastermind there was, with each person that comes through. And in that 30-minute conversation, you know, for health goals, because everybody has these outrageous health goals. And then I just say, okay, are you know, are you willing to give up alcohol for, for 90 days? Because I never know is someone drinking seven nights a week? Are they drinking once a month? I don't ever know, right? And that's really not my business. But the answer to the question gives me more insight as to how truly viable it is that they're going to reach their health goal. And so, because you had said, yeah, no problem. You didn't even hesitate. You're like, okay, I can do it. And I was like, all right, cool. So she's got that down. And so I just expected you to do it for 90 days. But then as time continued, you're like, I feel so amazing. I don't know if I will drink again, you know, or if I do, it'll be just very, very intermittently. And I just thought, wow, look at you. And, and, and honestly, there hasn't been one person that hasn't felt the same that really gives themselves a shot to experience life without alcohol. And so I'm not against alcohol. I just know that for me, I'm very much in alignment with how you described your life without it. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I'm not against it. I think it's totally fine. I think some people can handle it and and it's great and it's not never an issue really for them. For me personally, it just, I probably because of the empathy thing, it, really took me out of alignment with feeling that it really takes me out of alignment with feeling connected to my source and, and higher self and all that. So it's just something that for me really doesn't fit into the way I want to live now. So this is another huge transition that you've made. I mean, you're just, you're busting out transitions all over the place. We're going to get into the book in just a second, but would you say that attitude is a big piece of how you truly thrive in a transition? Absolutely. Mindset is everything, I think. And, you know, I talk a lot in the book about growth mindset versus fixed mindset and how important it is to cultivate that growth mindset because without it, you just go around, you know, you go through life and you think everything's just happening to you and you have no control over anything. And so many of us operate from a fixed mindset. So, really learning how to cultivate a growth mindset is so important when you're going through significant transitions. Totally. And for those who aren't familiar with now an infamous book, um, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck, and she has a PhD. How would you in like a, 
I don't know, 30 second version, define the difference between growth and fixed mindsets? Well, a growth mindset is really focused on how can I do better? How can I, how can I change things? What can I, what could I do differently next time? Or how is the world happening for me? Where a fixed mindset is constantly blaming others, constantly thinking it's not my fault. It's thinking life is happening to you. It's really rooted in this belief that you have no control over anything and it's everyone else's fault that's done something to you or it's the world's fault for giving you a shitty hand at cards where a growth mindset sees everything as an opportunity really and and sees everything as a way to take responsibility and either you know celebrate the fact that they've had success or make changes and know that the changes that they're making are impacting their life from the moment forward. Yes, really well said. And obviously anyone who tunes into this podcast is full on growth mindset. Yes. Um, it's it's self-help. Right. All right. So the big, big, well, let's go to the soft launch for the book launch. And that day you said you experienced some pretty intense fears. What was going on that day and how did you transition through it? Well, for one thing, I put so much trust in the universe because I every the date was all set for the soft launch. And then I had to leave town, as you know, to come to L.A. And <laughs> so people started ordering books and I had not even seen it myself yet in true physical form. So I was terrified, like, oh, my gosh, is somebody going to get this and something's <laughs> going to be wrong or printed wrong? And and actually, the first time that I got to see it was when we were together in Santa Monica. And it was so amazing to get to experience that with you. I think it's one of those things that no matter what you create, when you create something, you're putting a piece of yourself out into the world. And it's vulnerable. It feels very scary to let people and you you hear from successful people all the time, there's going to be these trolls on the internet, and they're going to say horrible things about you. And there's no reason other than they just, you know, want to break people down. And Tony talks a lot about that, like you can either build the biggest building in town, or you can knock everyone else's down. There's two ways to get that significance. And so many people like to spend their time breaking other people's buildings down. And so it does feel very vulnerable and scary knowing that and then putting yourself out into the world. And, and it's, I'm sure, you know, we both, I think over analyze, you know, Oh, if, are people going to like it or are people not? And I think that we've both had very, very positive responses, but it does feel very scary. So how did you get through it? I'm somebody that just will take action. I just, I think that that's the difference between successful people and, and people who maybe aren't as successful is I think we all experience a fear. It's just some people still do it and other people will sit there and wait and, and keep their finger on that button, you know, to, to make it live and never, never press the button. Well, I'll go further. You know how many people I've met that have told me that they're writing a book Oh yeah. And that book never gets published. I mean, probably thousands. Yeah. So many in fact, there's a great, 
going back to your favorite guy, who's one of my very favorites as well, Jack Canfield. Um, he wrote the best-selling anthology Chicken Soup for the Soul with Mark Victor Hansen, who was my original mentor for uh, becoming a published author. But there was this great little cartoon in one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, and it was a doctor looking at a patient on a ta- on a table, and he had a stethoscope on his heart, and he was like, "By gosh, there is a book in you." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my!" God. I know. Every single person that I meet says they've got a book. And of course, in my mind, I want to shepherd every single person's book to be released, to be completed, to be published, and to be in the hands and hearts of all the people that they see in their in their vision. But it's not an easy task. And so, like you said, like it's vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there and and it this was your baby, and, you know, and this book was your life yeah. because your life has been one significant transition after another. So I'm just really proud of you. And I, I say that with all the respect in the world and really excited for all the new people that didn't get it in the soft launch and in, in our, the big formal launches tomorrow, because I know you have a big mission. You want to impact a million lives and I want a million people minimum to get this book home and, and start applying these steps, which I want to talk about now, because it's not just about death and divorce. It's any significant transition in life. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, career changes or blended families and getting married can be a significant change, moving, starting new jobs, all that stuff. So what are the five practical steps that if someone listening right now is going through something like that, that they can apply and immediately have an effect? So the five steps that I talk about in the book, the first step is the grieving process. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about that in her book on death and dying that she wrote in 1969. And since then, it's been kind of the universal process that, that, you know, counselors and, and therapists use with people going through loss and grief. So really, it, the foundation is starting with moving through the grieving process. But then the second step, which I think is so important, is also reframing the loss. So you know, making sure that you go through the experience of turning the negative into a positive. And I talk a lot about Joseph Campbell's work and the hero's journey and how, how important it is to see the positive aspects of your story and um, begin, even if it's just a seed, just beginning to reframe that story so that it empowers you. Do you mind just giving one example of that? How you go from the story to reframing it and it empowering you versus disempowering. Yeah. So um, one of the things that was, I guess, let's just say one of the thoughts that I had around my dad's death is this, I'll never heal from this. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I'm without a dad now, or I'm, you know, I don't ever get to see him again. And moving through the process of reframing, you start looking at, I have more strength. I'm able to empathize with other people who are going through this difficult time in their life. I was able to be there for my husband as he, as his mom passed away. I've been able to help other people because of the loss that I experienced that I wouldn't have been able to help if I hadn't experienced that loss. I've developed myself much more spiritually because of my dad being gone. So you start looking for even if it's just a seed, even if it's just saying I'm stronger because I had to go through this, that's one positive aspect of the story. Or, you know, when somebody gets divorced, it can be, 
you know, terrible and scary and hard and they can hate men for the rest of their life or they can go, well, this relationship really taught me a lot about who I, about who I want to attract into my life the next time around. So it's just turning that negative into a positive. I love that you say that. Okay. Step number three. So step three is all about getting centered in the present. And I talk a lot about different tools and techniques that that people can use to do that. I actually have some free resources on my website for that as well. But I talk a lot about breathing exercises. There's different breathing exercises you can do when you're feeling anxiety and when you need energy or when you want to just calm down or, you know, go to sleep. There's all different breathing patterns that you can do. And um, I have a great resource just with some basic ones on my website. I talk about getting out and exploring nature as a way to get more centered in the present. And getting centered in the present is such a critical tool to our success and just just overall well-being in life. So it's not just about transitions, but it's really, I mean, really all we have is the present moment. And we basically, you know, fantasize about the future and, and try to have, you know, these memories of the past, we try to remember the things that we want to remember about in the past. And, and really, the only moment that's truly here is the present moment. And so I talk about meditation, I talk about exercise, there's a lot of different tools and resources in that chapter on how to get more present and just center yourself. And then Moving from there on to step four, which is creating a new and exciting vision for our life. I talk a lot about goal setting and affirmations, but I really talk about the life visioning process as a whole because I believe that, you know, we really need to look at where we want to go overall. I think sometimes we get so caught up in goal setting and goal setting is really just kind of after the vision is clear, it's our, it's our roadmap to getting there. But so many of the times people really focus on these like little kind of meaningless daily actions that they have as these goals. And then you go, well, why is that your goal? I don't know, I guess, because I want to, I guess I just wanted to be more fit. Well, then your overall goal is what that image of you being more fit looks like. And then if you don't want to run or you can't run anymore because you have shin splints or something, you can do something else to get to that overall goal. Yes. And of course, the overall goal really is attached to how you want to feel. Absolutely. Everything is about feeling. Which is what I love. Yeah, I love your life visioning for that. And I know you're a big vision boarder um, and your your images are super powerful for you because that stuff matters. Thoughts become things. And what we see and how we visualize, we hear it, it seems so trite, but the most trite basic things are they're, they're infinite, ageless wisdom. Yes. And, and it, I mean, Tony always says, you know, the sim- more simple, the better. So true. It really is. I mean, I think that we overcomplicate things all the time. And, and that leads actually to the fifth step, which is just take action, take intentional action. And I talk a lot about, you know, you may have to kiss a few frogs before you find the action that leads you to the path that you want to go down, but you got to keep taking the actions or you get stuck in that place of inaction where, Everything is, you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I should do this and I should do this and this this might work. And you're sitting there paralyzed doing none of it and or, you know, reading a million books, but never taking action on those books. One of the things about my book is that it's very geared toward action because it's a workbook as well. So 
I really challenge people to get into using it as a tool and, and actually doing the work for themselves to thrive in their own transition. And by the way, for all the people that I know who've picked it up already in the soft launch, that is what they love the most about it. Not only is it an easy to read, very thorough guide that feels like a friend in some really hard, challenging times, but they love the workbook part because you can constantly refer back to it. You can measure it, you can tweak it, you can refine it, but you have, you have a map. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And and by the way, it's filled with amazing quotes and beautiful stories that are part of your life and examples and lessons. And it's, it's, it is a whole seminar in a book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a, a seminar that's needed because to my knowledge, there's nothing out there that exists in this world. And I love what you say in the book. Everybody's experiencing transition at every time. It may seem small or you're unconscious to it, but we're always in the midst of change. And the more that we can embrace that or be more conscious of, okay, how can I use this transition to help me focus and get clear on what I want next? Then that transition can truly serve us in every single moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so important to realize, I mean, this book is great for the big and kind of difficult transitions in life, but it's equally good for somebody that's just wanting to make some changes to their home life and, and doesn't necessarily, you know, they're not going through a divorce or anything else, but it helps you clarify what's important to you. And it also moves you. I mean, action is the biggest piece of anything I think in life that I love. One of my mentor coaches said, if knowledge were enough, we'd all be skinny, rich and successful. And that's the truth. And we all know what we need to do for the most part. We may not know the exact steps, but we know the direction that we might need to go in. The bottom line is we have to get ourselves up off of our couch or off of the bed or whatever and get into life, get into action if we want to make changes. So true. It's not about the knowledge being the power. It's the knowledge with action equals the power. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. And you are all about action. <laughs> You're proof in the pudding. I mean, what you've been able to do in the short time that I've known you and listen, and I respond to this. I, I respond to people getting after it, taking big, tall leaps in one single bound from building to building your skyscraper to skyscraper. You're like Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, and you do all of it by being a loving wife, a devoted family member, a daughter, you know, a granddaughter to your grandmother. I know you love her so much to your kids and to your friends and to all the different groups that you belong to. I mean, you belong to two of mine and many others and, and you're just so present. So I love how you, you're actually the woman who you walk your talk. And I think that's what drew me to you from the moment that we first connected because you were so authentic. And so I'm going to highly recommend that you guys do not stop. You just right away, click on the, the resources on my website and you pick this book up because it launches tomorrow. Jocelyn and I are going to be doing a Facebook live, um, actually tonight. If you want to catch that, that'll be 5 PM Pacific, but it's just such a needed book. And my guess is it's one of those stocking stuffers, right? One of those like great gifts because who doesn't need this book? And what I love about it is you can truly finish it in one day. It's like a quick, easy, but super wise, profoundly deep book. Yeah. And I, I, I really want this book to just help as many people as it possibly can. That's my biggest goal with this is it is 
truly something that people can use through difficult times in their life and really get a lot out of. And I'm also going to be launching a group specifically for people who are going through the most difficult life transitions starting in September that is, is really geared toward helping people cope with some of those more difficult ones, things like death, divorce, career changes, job loss, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm really gearing it toward helping people move through this whole process. Oh, beautiful. So where can we find more information on the group in September? It's all on my website it's, and it's just jocelyncoon.com. That's the same place where you can find all the resources for, for the book as well. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And we'll be adding all of that as part of the resources for wherever you guys listen to this, but we'll definitely make sure that you get Jocelyn's website front and center because I'd love for you to join her newsletter, her living your best life daily, really cool community. Not to mention she offers webinars and really cool coaching programs and retreats. She and I are going to have a retreat coming up. So definitely stay tuned. We'd love to keep you close. We're all about women's empowerment, transition empowerment. I mean, girl, you just do it all. <laughs> I am <laughs> trying to. I always try to do it all. I love being in action. And it's so inspiring to just be in action within a group like our mastermind groups that you've put together that are just so empowering and so motivating. And I think, you know, I could speak for everyone in those groups of just how amazing it really is to be a part of something like that. And um, I just, you know, got back from Jack Canfield and he talks all about the importance of masterminds and how it's one of the most crucial things to success that he feels like is in the top three, actually, for him. If he could if he could narrow down any of the success principles, he said that would be in the top three. And I completely agree because it's your community. It's your connection to that one plus one doesn't equal two. It's 11, you know, that you've talked about so many times, but it, it calls in this higher power to really help that whole entire community move forward and progress towards the things that they want to do. That's what I love about it. And you're such a huge contribution, constant, relentless, insatiable contributor to the groups. That's why we love you so much. And it's why I will just do anything to step up and support you. And I wanted to connect with you. And then we've, we've become friends and you know, it's so beautiful, but I, I just, yeah, I love the group because we do need each other. And when that one-on-one comes together, making it 11, it's because we've compounded our visions, our support, our resources. It's really hard to do this on your own or one-on-one coaching even is really hard. And I know I do some, I know you do some, but when we put a group together of just badass rock stars all wanting to truly, you know, get after their life. Like you said, like take full on responsibility. Okay. I'm in this transition. It's hard. It feels scary. And I feel stuck, but I know there's a way out because I'm not the first one here. So if I just follow these steps and I align with the tribe, which is what you're creating, I have such a better shot at coming through this faster and getting there further. Well, further, faster together. Yes. Yes. It's just a beautiful thing. And by the way, I'm so grateful that I decided to step up and push through that fear when I first had it. And I was scared, like, who do I think I am to launch a podcast and mastermind all of it? Because it's brought me people like you in my life. And you're, you are a very dear friend. And I'm so grateful for your time. And I'm so grateful that this book is finally getting out there and that so many people can get it home in a real way. And so um, congratulations on your, your formal book launch. Thank you so much. And thank you for just providing that community for, for really all of us that you've impacted. And I, 
I want to just say it's been so amazing to get to be a part of that. And I truly attribute so much of the success that I'm having to you. And I thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the world and just the beautiful soul that you are. And I I have really, truly loved just the friendship that we've created. And I think that you're such an inspiration to so many people. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, so we're wrapping this up and I always ask the same last couple of questions, um, even though much of what much of what you shared is already indicative of one of the questions answers. But I love to ask everyone, what are your daily routines and rituals? I know you're not drinking and you're getting after your exercise, but how do you keep your mindset optimized? One of the things that I do is I start every day with a meditation and and I look at my vision board and I really try to put myself in the space of being able to have that question in the back of my mind. How can I be truly helpful today? How can I serve today? And I'm probably not the best person with routine. I actually hate routine, even though it's probably very good for me. But I I really try to stay present and open to receiving whatever God wants to give me that day or, you know, the universe, whatever people believe. That's kind of what I call it for me. But I really... I really think that starting the day off with just the right intention can make the biggest difference in the world. Mm, Totally agree. And the final question is, how do you define fulfillment? I define fulfillment as as making the biggest and, and boldest contribution that I can to the world while honoring myself and being a source of love and compassion. I love that answer. And that is how you show up. So lucky us and lucky you to actually get to feel fulfilled. Yes. I, I, it has been a very amazing, I would say like six months that I have felt (laughs) very fulfilled every day. And it's just getting started. Oh my gosh. That's what's so exciting is that when you commit to this and then it's just like, okay, that's the new bar. And then you get there and you're like, oh, a new bar. And then you get there, a new bar. So I'm excited to be on this journey with you and to witness your your just your blast off because this is truly the beginning for you. And I couldn't be more proud and honored to know you. Thank you. And I feel the exact same way. I love you and I appreciate you so much. I love you. And we're going to keep that in here. Awesome. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have an awesome rest of your day. And thank you again for joining the Mindset Mashup. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.